0: Renaturing is bringing together all of the pieces of who we are at the deepest, most natural level to a cohesive, conscious whole. This means stripping away what we learned but doesn't serve us anymore. It means learning, relearning who we are and how to trust that. Because once we have that knowledge and trust, we get to be who we were always meant to be. It feels like freedom or coming home. It feels like predestiny because we stray so far becoming denatured in our effort to become modern day humans. I'm Betsy Kudlinski. I learned how to be a modern human. I did it and had all the things I was supposed to, but I was desperately sick and unhappy, lost. I felt trapped in a cage, but I couldn't see the bars. Some part of me knew this was wrong. I knew I was meant for more, or at least something different. How could life possibly be about miserably trudging along until I died? This podcast is about the essential pieces in the process of renaturing. It's only about me in as much as my story can be helpful as a material example of renaturing. Really, it's about you and all of us return to your nature. Hey, today we're gonna talk about expectations and how expectations in general can just rule our lives and make us miserable. Um, I've talked about feeling trapped and I find that I get trapped in expectations, whether they're um, expectations from other people, you know, like what my mom thinks that I should do or not do or what she taught me to do or not do or um, what my teachers taught me to do, right? Like um, for instance, uh, when making a resume, um, I was always told that you needed at least three years in any job if you were gonna put it on your resume. So um, I have definitely stayed in jobs that were not good for me for three years before leaving because it would look bad on my resume and the all-powerful resume, right? And so that's, that's just, that's, that's a whole bunch of layers, right? Like it's, it's expectation to do um, what's right, you know, to be, to be good expectations to follow the directions and what those directions are, the expectation to sacrifice for some nebulous future, you know, whether it's the next job you're going to get or, um, being able to, um, do something, you know, when you retire, right? We, we, we're just completely hammered by expectations from outside of us, but then we also have to live up to our own expectations or, you know, completely destroy our own expectations. Um, You know, I expect greatness from myself. I expect myself to, you know, like I I expect to be kind and to not ruffle feathers. I expect um, to be able to push through and do whatever I have decided that I'm going to do. Um, so expectations can, we, we frequently think of, you know, other people's expectations of, uh, uh, you know, like as pressure on ourselves, but we also put pressure on ourselves to ourselves. And, you know, when I think about it, I think about, um, like for instance, my mom's expectations, it's really my own expectations of living up to what I thought my mom was teaching me to do. So it's not necessarily even her expectations, it's my own. Um, so it gets into a like a little naughty mess there. But that is the other thing is um, expectations are all around language and the language we use for ourselves and to ourselves and to other people. So this is all um, a kind of a, a naughty mess that, we can see if we can dissect um, more slowly than that little four minutes there. Um, Brian, can you tell me some of the expectations that you live under, just off the top of your head, what do you think of?
1: Mm. <clears throat> certainly uh, career, you know, expectations around career, uh, a certain amount of money to make each year to I guess, quote, happy, fulfilled, satisfied, Relationship status is uh, kind of been ingrained in into in my head as far as expectations and else. I, <clears throat> those three, off the top of my head, I've made I've made bad choices because of them being expectations, and they've been expectations all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that and not necessarily my expectations of myself, but expectations that others have for me as well. So, um, but yeah, career you know, money and relationships, probably the top three that I, that I have to wrestle with.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are big ones. Those are big things that we, and we tend to think, correct me if I'm wrong. I tend to think of those things as like central in our lives, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Career, money, and uh, relationships. And, um, It's really interesting when things get completely stripped away and you aren't able to have expectations anymore. um, What stuff is actually important? Because those are central. Those are what we learn are the biggest things for us, right? And the thing that is nowhere in there, in what you said, and what you said is absolutely how I always lived, but there's nothing in there about you right? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so we are taught to leave ourselves completely out of the picture. And, and there's this nebulous, like you said, you know, make enough money to be happy. Right. And so theoretically we have the right career. We have enough money. We have a relationship. We're happy. Have you ever been uh, happy? No. <laughs> yeah. How much does that suck?
1: Yeah. It. it it's and when I think about it, you, you get to a certain, you get that certain job, you find you're not happy. So then all of a sudden you find yourself that quote unquote better job right. or better house or, right. you know, better relationship, whatever the case may be. It's, it's like an expectation yeah. that I feel like <clears throat> it, unless I just tear it all down and rebuild, um, I feel those are expectations we can never truly, right get to
0: and I I would suggest that we don't necessarily have to tear it all re- down and rebuild um, I would suggest that it's possible to question yeah. everything and kind of reassess instead of tearing down but certainly tearing it all down and rebuilding is effective
1: mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> if if you're lucky. So for me, it wasn't, it wasn't me tearing it down. Mm-hmm. I think what, what, for me, the, the universe, whatever's out there said, you know what, if you're not going to tear it down, then I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and take it all away from you. and Then yeah. you're forced to rebuild. So, I mean, that's kind of what I've been in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: unfortunately, later years of my life where it was like, I didn't voluntarily tear it, you know, tear it all down and start over. But life it down said, Hey, that's enough of this. And
0: yep. And, uh, what, what sprung to my mind and what's been like a touch point over the last decade, I mean, more depending on which circles you go into, but is the hero's journey, right? You're, you're invited to tear down your life. You're invited to start again. And if you don't, you're thrust into it. And how many of us, like we think career, money, relationships, for instance, are the pillars. How can we possibly give those up? We have to negotiate. We have to figure out how to be happy within those. If it's not this career, it'll be the next one. Okay, what do I have to do? What do I have to do in order to be happy in my career? If, it, you know, if we make a certain amount of money, then we're automatically going to be spending that much money. So we need more of it. And then when we get to that next benchmark, we're spending all of that and we need more in order to be happy. If we get the relationship, then you know it could be the exact right person. It could be, everything could be exactly right, but you're still unhappy in career and with money. And so you're gonna fight about both of those things. You're gonna lose everything because of the other ones, right? And so, so we're taught that these are the pillars and you're nowhere in there. <laughs> Like, I am nowhere in those pillars. And so it's this nebulous happiness thing that has nothing to do with us. Like, it's just supposed to happen. It's supposed to come. We expect happiness to come from the outside. And that's, you know, that's what we're taught. And I'm not saying we should just learn to be happy and then everything will be good. Because that, I mean, sure, I'm sure it works for some people. But um, that's not necessarily particularly helpful. Um, What I find more helpful is questioning those expectations, questioning everything, questioning um, the stories that I'm telling myself, even realizing that the story I'm telling myself is actually that I need to make other people happy. You know, like that's a story I tell myself is in order to be, I don't know, a woman in society. I have to make everybody else happy before me. or and and that's just a story. It's what I learned for sure. And it came from external, but it's a story that I perpetuate. It's an expectation that my happiness comes after everybody else's. Um, I, let's see mid 20s, that quarter life crisis thing, I had left the job that I got into after college and knew was the right job for me. And I, I left it. And then I was lost, completely lost, didn't know what to do, and needed to find a career because I spent 12 plus four years working towards a career like that's all we do from the time we're five when we get into kindergarten it's what are you going to be as an adult and so here i was an adult 24 25 and completely lost ungrounded because the expectation is you get out of school and you get into a career and that's what you do until you retire and then after you retire you get to do stuff that was the expectation when i was growing up I think that we've discussed this, I think that that's not necessarily what the expectation is now for those people growing up right now, but that was the expectation. And so I I got totally bogged down and I spent, well, actually (laughs) from the time I was 24 until the time I was 39, figuring out what I was gonna do, what career I was going to do for the rest of my life to be happy, to make money. And it's only been pretty recently that I was thinking, okay, well, I know what I'm going to do next. And it's something that I might be doing for the rest of my life. This is, um, guiding people, coaching people. Um, I'm gonna, this is absolutely lights my fire. I adore doing it and I'm good at it. And so I'll do it maybe for the rest of my life and maybe it'll morph into something else and I'll stop doing that and I'll start doing something else or I'll keep doing it and I'll just keep layering things on. But it's been a, a realization that I evolve and the expectation that I'm going to be one thing and do one thing and somehow find happiness in doing one thing is a load of crap. <laughs> and I got married. Because that's what I was supposed to do. I know Brian, you did this too, and that was supposed to be the thing. And and my parents are still together after forty seven, eight years, and I guess it's forty nine years. And um, so that's your you know you you stay together. That's what you do. And so I stayed with my ex husband, uh, for five years after realizing that I shouldn't have married him, and. So it's these expectations that we are ruled by are like, it's drilled into us from childhood, whether you look at the school system or just how, how we're brought up in general, we're um, told things, and this is how things work. This is what you have to do. And we're never given the inkling that it might not work for us. We might not fit in that. if you don't fit the expectation of sitting in a desk for six hours a day, from the time you're five until the time that you are well. Some people are doing it at 30s getting their, you know, postdoc stuff. Um, then you are hyperactive and you need a pill. Like we are medicating people who don't fit expectation. And I'm not saying ADHD is not a thing not for a second. I'm not going to go against, you know, Western medicine. However, I think that we could spend a lot more time questioning rules, Uh, the, the written and unwritten rules of how we're supposed to live in order to live a joyful, fulfilling life. And, um those societal expectations, the familial expectations, you know, like you're, we're, we're taught to, you know, honor, honor our parents, you know, till death. Right. And then, and then after that, and if they, um, there's, there's a kind of a movement, um, to make your own family. And I, I support that. And, At the same time, like, can you have both? Like, it's just that questioning mentality of, is it one or the other? Is it, you know, like, do I have to have the right career and be unhappy or be happy and have the wrong career? Or it is just questioning. Um, I think money is like a created God, (laughs) (laughs) Like <laughs> we, we um we think that money is gonna be everything. We expect money to solve all of our problems. Like we pray to God to solve our problems. And I think that's another expectation that we should just question. I think it's just questioning those kinds of things. Um, so Brian, where do you fall into all of this? Like you personally? Do you have any I, expectations for yourself?
1: Yes and no. I you know, I've I've definitely since I've turned, you know, I've 47. So when I turned 40, that was kind of my reawakening. That's when things started to fall apart. Um, where those prior expectations had started burning to the ground. And and so here I am seven years later, and I've I've been through that what I call the silent season, um, which is, you know, when I went through a great depression and basically two years of my life, I spent most of that in bed. So uh, once I got through that, that period of my life, then I, I began to set expectations, but they were expectations. I, I got to choose, you know, I, I knew what kind of career I wanted, uh, you know, and it wasn't in this, uh, for corporate America, it. Like you, I, I wanted to coach. I wanted to share insights and share knowledge. And so now my expectation uh, is to build a coaching career. But if that doesn't happen, I'm okay with that because there's other things I enjoy as well. I like currently, um, relationship wise, I, I don't have any expectations for remarriage. Or it, would it be nice? Yeah, I mean, you know, would I? If it was the right. I found the right person and and i was happy and i knew that you know we were committing uh, to one another for the right reasons you know I, I would certainly go forth with it but i don't have any like you must do this by this time type expectations that was that were set growing up and then money well money is uh, while I'd love to have multi millions of dollars, the the truth of the matter is I have <laughs> very little. Um, so I I just I I I live you know kind of paycheck to paycheck, knowing that I you know it's going to get better. But I also don't beat myself up for not having um, you know that that big nest egg saved up in the bank or anything like that. That my grandparents or well my parents weren't weren't much on setting the expectations as much as like grandparents and people, other people are. So I I have expectations, but, but they're not really, I don't even like calling them expectations. I like looking at them more as goals and ambitions, things that I want to do, but I know it's not the, Mm
0: -hmm. Um, wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to crash and burn and basically lose everything before coming to that point? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I would have. I would have loved to never have to go through that. Uh, the The struggles that I went through late, late in life. <sighs> On one at, one side, you know, I guess one side of the coin, I look at it as is kind of a um, you know a blessing in disguise because it did shake up my world and it got me thinking more about myself. Not that I I put others, you know, that I've tossed others out because I have children. They still are my world, and I would do anything for them. But I also know that, you know, if, you know, one of my kids comes to me and wants something that I can't provide that expectation of, well, you must give your kids everything they ask for. That's no longer If I can provide it. I will provide it. Otherwise I'll help them find a way to get whatever it is. But yeah, I would have loved to not had to crash and burn my forties, but hopefully, hopefully going through that set up the future to be pretty, pretty bright. So,
0: and that's such a common theme. It is such a common story. I know, I personally know a lot of people who have done the exact same thing. Um, I mean, I've done it more than once because I didn't do it right the first time or whatever, but um, yeah, (laughs) it's just, (laughs) it's nuts. Um, So uh, another thing that I I mentioned in that first three minutes (laughs) is language and how we speak about things. you, you just gave an example of, instead of having expectations, you have um, goals and ambitions. And um, that language seems to work for you. And I think that that's important is that we find language that works for us. And like I was saying about all the other stuff is question, 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 does that language actually work? But um, like sarcasm, for instance, I am fluent in sarcasm. And, um, (laughs) over the last few years, um, I've realized, you know, like I I just, I totally didn't understand what people meant when they said that sarcasm was, um, mean or hurtful or, um, nasty. Um, and irony is the same thing. Um, and then I, started to see it. I started to see how um, saying the opposite thing as a joke still means that we've said the opposite thing. Even if everybody in the room understands that, you know, the dog is not the worst, most horrible dog in the entire world and is actually very, very cute, very sweet, and is just being a dog. Calling it the worst dog... um you know, over time, they get less attention, even though they're adorable and sweet and just being a dog and you love them like crazy. Joking about them still insinuates itself. Um, they say that naming, uh, they, you know, they um, say that naming is a very powerful form of magic. If you have something's name, then you can, you have power over them. And, I am not saying one thing or another about magic itself, but using words, saying what you mean, as opposed to hedging or saying the opposite thing is incredibly important in communication and for ourselves. So I am all for the laugh. I love sarcasm because it's funny and it's witty. And it has started to rub me the wrong way. I start, to go, okay, but, but that's, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, um, what was I, there was something or other the other day about, I don't remember what it was, but um, the comeback um, from my partner on the other side of the room was, um, oh, it's a regular frat party. And it was alluding to the very specific fact that a lot of sex happens during frat parties, and that men get out of control, and women lose control, and men take control of those women. And it was a ha-ha-ha-ha-ha joke. Like, it was funny. It was actually funny, and then the impact hit me that we were joking about women getting raped on a very regular basis, and then not even calling it that, saying, oh, well, you know, even the person themselves, the girl themselves thinking, "Oh I got I got trashed, you know well I, I was asking for it, which is totally uncool. and it's a joke. It is a ubiquitous joke in our culture that boys will be boys and they will rape women. and that's just how it goes. And realizing that, realizing that we expect, Frat parties, for instance, to be all about sexual assault, assault and rape, and loose, easy women who will n- never admit that they were raped because they went to a frat party. So that's what you're asking for, is something that we fly right past, and we we expect certain things, right, and. I think we should question that particular expectation that any man out there is okay to do what they want with a woman just because they're drunk. Either one of them is drunk and that boys will be boys. You know, there's, there's expectations that we have and we use language, boys will be boys, or it's just a big frat party or um, sarcasm or irony about, um, you know, whatever the topic is, I can't. Of course my brain is just completely shut off um about this particular topic so i can't come up with something really sarcastic or ironic about um college boys but there's when we use language making fun of that without using the actual words of assault and rape and drugging we don't get to the heart of the matter we don't we pawn it off so Thinking, talking, thinking about career, money, and relationships as the pillars of our existence. We are completely bypassing our own health, our happiness. You know, it, it's, it, it goes without saying, and there are giant air quotes there, that we will be happy if we have those three things. And yet, I don't know anybody who's actually happy that's followed the path, that, you know, the expectations that are set out for us. I don't know anybody. On the surface, sure, on Instagram, Snapchat, right, Facebook, we put the best face forward, even to our best friends sometimes, but that doesn't mean that we are. Um, I think I've mentioned before that for a long time, I thought I was okay, I just pushed through it and I thought it, I was okay. I thought I had everything, so I was happy. And I actually wasn't. And my body was tearing itself apart. And I was getting a chronic illness because I was pretending, right? We are expected to pretend that everything is hunky-dory. And so we, you, you know, hey, Brian, how are you? Right, what do you say? Fine, I'm good,
1: yeah,
0: I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. right? And that's <laughs> utter, crap. Because from one minute to the next, you're very rarely good. Uh, you could be great. You could be fabulous. You could feel really good. You f- you could feel calm. You could feel joyful. You could feel um, all the other things on the spectrum on the other side of that. But we are rarely good. We are rarely fine. I would say never, right? Like those are empty words. They're filler words. They're placating words. And I'm not necessarily saying that when the person on the street goes, hey, how you doing? You're supposed to dump it, right? And words have power. We keep saying we're good. I kept saying I was good and I never was. And so we need to question the expectations. We need to question our language and create um, personal authority and agency over our own selves and lives. Um, when we, so authority is um, the the right to speak, right? So um, I have authority um, on myself. Like I know sometimes I know when I've actually paid attention, I know how I feel. I know what I want to say no to, what I want to say yes to. I, I have the authority, to speak for myself and agency is ability. You know, like if I'm not in a prison cell, I have the ability to say when I want to go outside. You know, I, I, I have the ability to go outside, physical like agency ability. So um, having authority and agency means that you can speak for yourself in two ways. Like you, 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 I have the ability to speak for myself. I have the agency to speak for myself and I have the authority, but I don't have any authority over you. I, I can't look at you and I, I I don't know you. Like, I don't know my, my boyfriend well enough to speak for him. Okay. That's not completely true, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, we only have authority and agency over ourselves. And uh, you know, one of the things as, a coach or guide is is helping people see their own see and utilize their own authority and agency and i think that one of the most the most powerful ways that i have come into my own authority and agency god i've said it too many times now is picking my words and uh even if it's just to myself saying the truth um Even if it's just to myself and I never, you know, somebody says, it's just like a frat party. Even if I never say it out loud, saying to myself, huh, that means that this stuff is going on. And I'm offended by that. Even just saying it to yourself instead of laughing and going along with the joke. I think that's where it starts, is paying attention. You know, we've talked about the body, right? So um, saying to myself, hey, my head hurts today, instead of um oh whatever i don't feel it i'm just going to keep doing it doing whatever i'm doing right like saying oh my god my head hurts so much today but i i can do this particular thing right i can spend the next hour and a half doing whatever it is and then i will you know give myself a break but it's that it's the choice so it's choosing words it's choosing um to be truthful with yourself, even if you're not truthful with any, anybody else, is that that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's how it starts: is um, questioning everything, questioning the expectations, questioning your language, and choosing how you're gonna go from there. Like whether you're gonna follow the expectations that you have decided are helpful for you, or whether you're going to decide to call them you know, decide to have goals and ambitions instead of expectations. I don't know. It sounds like it might work for you. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think so. I, you know, it, when I, I I've definitely watched my language for the last or, you know, my self-talk over the last several years here. And while I'm not perfect, uh, I'm, I've gotten better and I'm not too hard on myself um, as hard as on myself as I, as I have been it's, other things because I've, I don't know, I guess I, I, I've adopted this um, philosophy of trusting the process. I do things that I want to do that bring me joy and happiness. Then somehow, some way, whether it's my planning or, you know, a higher creations planning for me, I'm going to get where I want focusing on what I want as opposed to, not, as, as opposed to what I don't want. So no, I agree. It, and it so far, so good.
0: Right. And you're allowed to want what you want. Yeah. That's something that I never knew either. Right. <laughs> right. Like you it, you can want to kill someone. You could absolutely want to kill someone. There's a line. You probably shouldn't kill them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and shouldn't. You know, like it it would be rough. The repercussions would be pretty rough. And and if you're willing to pay those and spend life in prison, it, sure. You you can want and execute that particular desire. But pretending like you don't want millions of dollars doesn't help you at all. You can want them. You can even strive for them, but mm-hmm. pretending, you know, like to fill the expectation of being modest and um, not caring about money, yeah. you know, like we're supposed to not care about money, but we're also supposed to pursue it with every last breath in our body. Like there's well, just something weird about that.
1: And, you know, and, and I think is, as, as people move forward and and they focus on their, their desires and know you know kind of know where they want to go in life and 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 shut out the rest of the world's expectations of them at least for me i mean there was a day where you know i wanted to be you know i'd love to have millions of dollars because i thought it was going to bring me the peace and the joy that i that i craved uh but i've kind of gotten to this point in life where it's like you know i just want to be able to pay my bills and live well and help others And I don't know what that a dollar amount is. I'm going to strive, you know, I'm going to strive for millions of dollars. But if, you know, my last day here on earth, if, 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 you know, if I've made just a fraction of that, but I was able to do good with it, then really I've met my own expectations because it's not so much wanting the money as much as wanting the freedom that it would allow me the freedom to help others, um, the freedom to create and, you know, do all the things that I want to do that I feel inside of me in the, in the core, you know, that's what I want to do, but I'm not, I'm doing those things now without money, money would certainly help, but I no longer sit here and think to myself, well, I've got to, I've got to make X amount of dollars per year, or I'm not successful because there's people that make poverty level, level income that, live their greatest life because that's what they've chosen and so yeah it's it's always a tug of war but I, and i think it will you know if you trust the process it will the, the path will illuminate <laughs> more as you get down it and and you'll start to realize the things that you felt like you needed <clears throat> pardon me from others expectations once you start to wrap your own expectations around it and you know, why do i want this what am i going to do with it? then it becomes you know, things will become more, that makes mm-hmm.
0: sense. I agree. I also think that it's worth considering the word successful, or success is an outward yeah. expectation. I've thought about that for, the last time I heard that was two years ago, and I've been thinking about that since then. And and I railed against it for a long time, that success is an outward expectation. and And realizing that it's joy and happiness and fulfillment that I'm looking for, not success. Success is the way other people see me, and I don't need success, I need joy and fulfillment. It's just an example of how everything is questionable and we're just so immersed. The fish doesn't realize they're in water. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to parse. Support this podcast through the link in the episode description and get a chance to hear post-episode conversations. Help me decide on content and future guests. Ask questions, get answers. In the meantime, check out my website. Links can also be found in the description. I'm a freedom guide. If what I'm talking about, about renaturing and freedom and walking your own path makes you tingle all over or cry or jump up and down, I'm available and would be delighted to work one-on-one with you.